In Their Own Words, a collection of Mormon quotations compiled by Mormonism Research Ministries' Bill McKeever is a valuable resource when wanting to know what Mormon leaders have said on a given topic. Pick up your copy at the Utah Lighthouse Bookstore or mrm.org. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Hoping you're having a very pleasant Friday. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. With me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Today we wrap up our look at an article that was in the Salt Lake Tribune. It came out on December 19, 2017, announcing a book that had come out a month prior in November of 2017, a book written by a husband and wife team, Terrell and Fiona Givens, titled The Christ Who Heals, How God Restored the Truth That Saves Us. The title of the article in the Tribune was Four Takeaways from a New Book that Challenges Mormons to Learn More About Their Own Doctrine and to Discard Protestant Notions About the God They Worship. So we've been going through these points and trying to show that I think in some areas, either Carol and Fiona Givens really don't understand the, the Christian position on some of these things. But then again, I think when they're asking the, their own people to start digging a little bit deeper, the problem I have when a Mormon says that is dig deeper where? You certainly can't dig deeper into the Bible for some of these issues because a lot of these doctrines that Mormons believe are restored aren't found in the Bible. And they shouldn't be found in the Bible if you're going to believe the Book of Mormon, because the Book of Mormon says that the great and abominable church, whoever that is or whatever that is, it's been argued differently from even Mormon leaders, somehow went through and purged all the handwritten manuscripts of all these unique doctrines that pertain to Mormonism. So you can't have it both ways, folks. If plain and precious doctrines were taken from the Scriptures, you shouldn't be able to find these plain and precious doctrines in the Scriptures. It becomes nothing more than an argument from silence. Now, in yesterday's show, we were talking about a statement that's in the book that says Christ is not protecting us from divine anger or judgment. On the contrary, Christ is collaborating with our heavenly parents, and then in brackets it says Mormons believe in a heavenly father and a heavenly mother. And yesterday I asked for the source of this. Where do we find that Christ is collaborating with our heavenly parents for our homecoming, as this statement says? There is no reference to Heavenly Mother. Again, that's another argument from silence. As you said correctly yesterday, Eric, it's an unspoken truth. In fact, I think that's a phrase that Mormon Apostle Bruce McConkie came up with, and he's absolutely correct. It is unspoken, but is it really a truth? There's nowhere in the Bible that supports such a notion. But when it talks about for our homecoming, the question I'm asking is, well, where is that homecoming going to be? Because, as it's going to discuss, there are three degrees of glory according to Mormon thought. And in the Gospel Principles Correlated Manual, the 2009 edition, 
it says on page 271, at the final judgment, we will inherit a place in the kingdom for which we are prepared. The scriptures teach of three kingdoms of glory, the celestial kingdom, the terrestrial kingdom, and the telestial kingdom. On page 273 of that same manual, it goes on to say this, in reality, every day is a day of judgment. We speak, think, and act according to celestial, terrestrial, or telestial law. Our faith in Jesus Christ, as shown by our daily actions, determines which kingdom we will inherit. So I don't get the impression that the Givenses don't believe that there's going to be some kind of judgment. I think when they talk about that in this this interview, it's a little bit confusing to me. But nonetheless, the next section in this article deals with eternal progression means just that. When Mormons speak of heaven, they usually mean the celestial kingdom. It is the highest of three post-judgment degrees of glory in the hereafter, ranking above the terrestrial and celestial kingdoms. Latter-day Saints also believe in eternal progression that humanity forever will continue to grow, develop, and increase in light and knowledge. So does that mean penitent, persistent, faithful believers can advance from lower kingdoms to higher ones? Early Mormon leaders from Joseph Smith and Brigham Young to B.H. Roberts and James E. Talmadge preached that possibility, the authors write, while some later ones, including Joseph Fielding Smith, Bruce R. McConkie, and Spencer W. Kimball, doubted that prospect. The Givenses note that, quote, church leadership has officially declared that the question of eternal progression and movement through the kingdoms is not a resolved point of doctrine, end quote. So I guess what we're learning from that sentence is, is that the church leadership has officially declared that this doctrine is not official? Yeah. Uh, is that what we're being told here? Now let's think about this for a minute, because I think they're right. There were some statements that were made by Joseph Smith, and Brigham Young especially, I would say, as well as B.H. Roberts and James Talmadge, that could possibly give you the notion that maybe, just maybe, you might be able to jump kingdoms. In other words, if after judgment you are assigned, let's say, to the terrestrial kingdom, were they really teaching that somehow, because of doing what, you would be considered worthy to leave the terrestrial kingdom and go to the celestial kingdom? The reason why I find this notion to be entirely inconsistent within the context of Mormonism is because it seems to nullify the whole point for why we are here according to Mormon doctrine. Mormonism teaches that we once existed in the pre-existence, in the first estate. Then we progressed as far as we could go in this pre-existent state to where it became necessary to leave the presence of our heavenly parents. And again, it doesn't say this in the Bible, but in Mormonism, we leave the presence of our heavenly parents to come to earth and take on mortality. Why do we have to do that? Well, first of all, you cannot become a god, according to Mormonism, unless you get a body. Now, of course, that raises a question as to how did the Mormon Holy Ghost become a part of the Godhead without a body? That's a whole nother program. But the fact is, this is what Mormon leaders have taught. We came here to earth, we are given a body, and we're also given the ability through grace, this enabling power, to do the things that we are supposed to do 
to prove ourselves worthy to get back into Heavenly Father's presence. This mortality is known as the second estate. What we do in this second estate is absolutely essential. This mortal probation is where we are supposed to prove ourselves in order to get into that presence of Heavenly Father. So if you're going to say that somehow we can do it later on, my question, Eric, is what's the point of the this mortal existence now? That's a great point, Bill, because if we can progress... And let's say we make it to the terrestrial kingdom or the telestial kingdom, even there, if there's a chance that we can continue to work the salvation out with fear and trembling, then, well, I mean, who's not going to do their best to try to move up to the next stage? And then when you're in the terrestrial, where most Mormons think that they're going to end up if they were to die right now, well, why not just keep going and get to the celestial kingdom? It's interesting because you have disagreement amongst the different general authorities, and they're not on the same page. But if these men are all supposed to be listening from the same God, then why is there such confusion? The Christian church is oftentimes accused of having such confusion, but oftentimes Mormon Mormonism and the Mormon leaders don't agree on very important issues. I think this is a very important issue. Absolutely, because... First of all, I think Spencer W. Kimball is absolutely correct, that you can't jump kingdoms. But Joseph Fielding Smith, he explains why in his book, Doctrines of Salvation, Volume 1, page 69. This is what the 10th president said. Importance of this mortal probation. This mortal probation was to be a brief period, just a short span linking the eternity past with the eternity future. Yet it was to be a period of tremendous importance. It would either give to those who received it the blessing of eternal life, which is the greatest gift of God, and thus qualify them for godhood as sons and daughters of our eternal Father, or if they rebelled and refused to comply with the laws and ordinances which were provided for their salvation, it would deny them the great gift, and they would be assigned, after the resurrection, to some inferior sphere according to their works. This life is the most vital period in our eternal existence, according to Joseph Fielding Smith. If there was a possibility that you could jump kingdoms after judgment, then what's the point of that statement that Joseph Fielding Smith just made? It's really not all that important because somehow you would be able to do something in the next life that would better your position. But is that what the Book of Mormon teaches? I mean, do I get that impression from reading Alma chapter 34? Now is the time for men to prepare to meet God. Now is the time for them to do their labors, to perform their labors. Why? Because it's hinting here you can't do any type of labor in the next life. So what would you possibly do that would get you out of the, let's say, the terrestrial kingdom and eventually into the celestial kingdom? And why would you be allowed, if justice is going to be met in this situation, why would you be allowed to go into this kingdom and be with, allegedly, other Mormons who worked very hard to earn their place in that celestial kingdom during the mortality like they were told to do. So even though you might have leaders like Brigham Young and B.H. Roberts and Talmadge who may have hinted towards that, 
it would seem to undermine this whole idea that we are here right now in this mortal probation to prove ourselves worthy to get into that celestial kingdom. There seems to be no point for this. Why are we here then? When Mormons talk about where do we come from, why are we here, where are we going, well, you better change all your answers to those questions, Latter-day Saints, because if the fact is you can somehow jump kingdoms after the judgment, the answers that you provide for that now don't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Let me give you a quote that he mentioned, Spencer Kimball. Let's give a citation. This comes from the book, The Teachings of Spencer W. Kimball, also cited in The Miracle of Forgiveness and in the Church Manual, Search These Commandments from 1984. This is what he said. No progression between kingdoms. After a person has been assigned to his place in the kingdom, either in the celestial, the terrestrial, or the celestial, or to his exaltation, he will never advance from his assigned glory to another glory. That is eternal. That is why we must make our decisions early in life and why it is imperative that such decisions be right. He seems, Bill, to be much more consistent with the Book of Mormon, as you cited from Alma chapter 34, than those who would say there is a possibility of jumping kingdoms. I think he's consistent. I would wholeheartedly agree with that because I think, as I said earlier, if you go with the other position that there may be a possibility to leave, let's say, the telestial and get into the terrestrial or even the terrestrial to get into the celestial, it seems to nullify this whole notion that we are right now living in what Mormons called a mortal probation. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.